Hey, let's get into this. I'm really, really, really super excited about this message this morning. I, there's, there's a great plot twist right at the end. How many people like a great plot twist? And so it's right at the end. But let me fill you in on where we're up to now. So the series is called The Time Is Now. And the reason why it's called The Time Is Now is I believe that, that God wants us to rebuild the church. Not that the church is broken, but the church is really outside of um, our own control, any of our control the last two years, really the church hasn't really been built. Yes, we've had online, yes, we've had all that sort of stuff, but we haven't really been able to be the church. And I think that God wants to rebuild the church, but possibly in a different way. And so we're going to look at the book of Haggai because Haggai is all about getting the people to rebuild the temple. Because what happened is years ago, there's this guy called King Solomon, and King Solomon built a temple. And the temple is the most glorious temple ever built that uh, people would come from all over the world just to look at how magnificent the temple was and to worship God there. It was like opulence like you wouldn't believe. Like you think that the emirate of, of Dubai has, has incredible stuff. Well, Solomon left him for dead. And what happened is over a period of time, of course, Solomon died. And over a period of time, the 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 tribe of Judah, which he was part of, actually stopped worshipping God and started worshipping other idols. And they turned away from God. And because of that, the Babylonians came along with King Nebuchadnezzar and came into Jerusalem, destroyed all of Jerusalem, destroyed the temple that Solomon built, and then took the people away uh, into captivity for 70 years. After 50 years, though, King Nebuchadnezzar sent 50,000 of them back so that they could rebuild Jerusalem, rebuild their hometown, rebuild the temple. They were pretty pumped about that, pretty excited about that, as you can imagine. If you've not had any access to your home for 50 years, you'd be pretty happy to get back to it. And so they start off really well. They, they build the foundation of the temple, they build the altar of the temple, and then they start to get a little bit of opposition from the Samaritans. And so because of the opposition, they quit building the temple and instead of building God's house, they went off and built their own houses. So they did that for 14 years, and then God sends Haggai along and says, hey, guys, hold on, you're meant to be building my house, and you're spending all your time building your house. And so I want you to get back to building my house. And they gave up, and 14 years later, it still sat there unfinished with no progress, and so God sends along Haggai to say to them, hey, don't just focus on your own house, build my house, make God first in your life. And we pick it up in Haggai chapter 1 verse 13 to 14 and it says here, then Haggai the Lord's messenger gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah. If anybody's about to have a baby, that's a really, really good name. And the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people, and they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. This is such a common thing that happens not just in their lives, but in our lives, where God comes along and He stirs something from the inside of us, and we get excited, we get pumped, we get full of faith, we're ready to do this, we're going to build God's house, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be spectacular, we can do this, and, and this is what these guys were like, man, we can do this, you know, they're getting, like, it's been the most, you know, pre pre-game talk by a coach ever, and they were pumped up, let's go, let's do it, and they went out there and they started again, and then a month later they quit, and they quit again, 
And then they had this big religious festival that they always had. And during the religious festival, all the people gathered around the temple construction. And they all looked at it and they went, is that it? Is that all you've done? Like, this is pathetic. This isn't much progress. And the story says that all of a sudden, all the people that were building on it were completely discouraged and they were embarrassed and they were like, why are we trying to do our best to build this thing and you don't like it? So we might as well just quit. And so one month and they just stopped. Here's a question for you and I. How often does this happen in our lives also? We start off with a hiss and a roar and then the flame burns out really, really quickly. And don't look at me like that. You know, we're all like this. I'm going to go on a diet. Oh, double stuffed Oreos are on special. We'll start next week. Yeah, come on. Yes? Yes? I'm going to save up, but there's a TV over there that this really needs buying, yeah? And so we do this all the time. We start off with a hiss and a roar. That's why uh, gym memberships in January just go through the roof, and by the end of February, they're all back to normal again. Because people start, and they get discouraged, and because they don't feel like they're making any progress, and so they stop. And, and this is exactly what's happening here. They're like, we can build the temple, but they don't feel like they're making much progress. People say to them, man, this is pretty rubbish. And so they quit. It's exactly what's happening to the people of God here. We're going to go and do this for God. We're going to build this temple. We're going to do this amazing thing. One month in, when it didn't go like they expected, they got incredibly discouraged. And then Haggai says this to them, and I don't think this is helpful. But he says this in chapter 2, verse 3, he says, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? In other words, he's saying, how many of you remember how awesome Solomon's temple was? Look at that. <laughs> like, it's like, this is not helping. This is not helping. You should be coming along going, hey, man, you're doing so well. You know, like, you, you know, you're doing so well. We had uh, the Coopers at our house on, on Friday night and, and Seth was playing with Judah on the ground and Judah had a little car in her hand and, and Judah's, what, two years of age? And, um, and she goes, watch this, watch this, Seth. And she went, whoop, like that with the car and it went like maybe 10 centimetres. It didn't go the whole length of the tiled kitchen floor. And Seth looks at her and goes, is that it? <laughs> it's that kind of a moment. I suggest to him, rather than going, is that it, when you have a two-year-old that sends a car 10 centimetres, you're meant to go, wow, that was amazing. Isn't that what you do, parents? Yes? Your kid brings you home some picture from school, and you've got no idea what it is, but, oh, this is amazing. It's going on the fridge until hopefully you forget about it, and then I can throw it in the bin. Oh, you made, you made decorations for the Christmas tree. Oh, that's awesome. Let's put it on this year, and hopefully we'll lose them in time for next year. Yeah, but you don't turn around and go, is that it? That's a crap decoration, not putting that on the tree. And this is literally what Haggai is saying to them. He's saying, you remember how awesome Solomon's temple is, right? <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. There are two, two causes of discouragement for you and for I. The first one is comparisons, and the second one is lack of progress. We get discouraged in our lives for two reasons, because we compare and because there's a lack of progress. And the people, these people are doing the same thing that we often do. They're comparing their start with somebody else's finish. Come on. 
And they're comparing their start with somebody else's finish. Oh, I wish my kids were like your kids. And you've just started. Yeah. Or we've already gone through the teenage years and come out the other side and you've just started. I wish, I wish this, I wish that, I wish, you know, you're, you're comparing your start to somebody else's finish. And Solomon's temple was amazing. This one isn't amazing at all. And so what is happening is there's a sense of comparison where they're going, our temple sucks because Solomon's was so awesome. And I don't know about you, but I get personally incredibly discouraged when I compare where I am to where somebody else is. Are you with me today? Well, you know, that guy, man, he's got it all. He's got the great job. He's got an amazing car and a fantastic house. And I hate my job. My car barely runs. And I don't know if I'll ever own a house. Or what about, oh, she's amazing. Her kids go to school every day with baking. My kids go barely clothed and they're flunking PE. Yes? And then if you really want to feel like a failure, just go onto Instagram. And look at that. And so what is happening when we look at that and we go, look at her and look at him and look at Instagram, you know what we're doing? We're comparing. We're doing just like what they did. Compared their attempt to build the new temple paled in comparison to the glory of Solomon's temple, and so they saw it as a failure because they're comparing, and then they become discouraged. And you and I are exactly the same. When we compare our world to somebody else's world, especially Instagram, which is just everybody's showing the best part of them, then we think we're a failure and we become discouraged. And so that's the first thing, when we compare, it brings discouragement. The second thing that brings discouragement is a a lack of progress, that sense of a lack of progress. So we're one month into this, and it's not going well, and they're like, we're trying so hard, but we're not getting anywhere. Isn't isn't that how we feel a lot of the time? It's like, I'm really going to make an effort this time, And and it feels like it's just so hard, you're not getting anywhere, it's not really, it's a little bit like, like, you know, trying to push a car that's got no petrol in it. It's like, oh man, and it's so hard at the start. And we tend to quit before the momentum starts to kick in. You know, I'm, I'm going to get in shape. And so for a whole month, you eat nothing but kale and almonds. And then you jump on the weights and you've gained. And you're like, what is going on here? I've tried so hard this month eating kale and almonds. And, and it's just not working. And so you feel like you're taking two steps forward and about five steps back, and you feel like you're not getting anywhere in life. Maybe you feel like that about your, your lack of spiritual progress, where you're looking at yourself and you're like, man, I've been a Christian for all of this time, and I'm still struggling with this thing over here. Like, when am I ever going to get on top of that? When am I ever going to defeat that? And we, and we wake up one day just so discouraged because I feel like I just can't break through in this area. I'm just not getting where I need to go. I'm not where I thought I would be. I'm not making the progress I thought that I would make. And one day you feel like these people and you wake up one morning and you go, you know what, I'm just not even sure if it's worth it. And I don't know about you, but if something's going to make you feel like it's not worth it, it's lockdowns. 
where you're isolated, you're alone, you're not in the house of God, you're not in that corporate environment, and it can just feel like this is too hard. I don't even know if it's worth it. I'm going to quit because there's just not this, there's this lack of progress. And I want to be really, really honest with you this morning, and it's going to be a little bit risky as I do this because I want you to hear my heart. And as I share what I'm about to share with you about me, I don't want letters from you. I don't need you to come and tell me we love you. I'm not, I'm not looking for anyone to come and go, oh, you're the best. I'm not, that's not why I'm doing this. I'm telling you what I'm about to tell you because you need to know that everyone struggles with this stuff. And if I'm not going to tell you about how I struggle with it, then nothing I say to you really matters. And so I'm just going to make myself vulnerable so that you don't have to. But don't come up to me afterwards. I don't need a pep talk, right? I'm okay, right? I'm just being honest with you. Because if I'm honest with you, I live with a constant low grade of discouragement. Sometimes a medium grade, and then other times a really high grade of discouragement. It tends to never go away. There's an element of discouragement that I feel all the time in my life. Some of the areas of discouragement I feel would be I get discouraged about my sinfulness, that as a follower of Christ and as a pastor of a church that I still struggle with some of this stuff, that I I don't believe I should, and then I don't feel good enough that I can stand up here and tell you how to live your life when I'm not doing mine properly. I can, after this message today, I'm telling you now, and Trinity will tell you, my mind won't shut off. I'll spend the whole entire rest of this day thinking I should have said this, and I should have said that, and I shouldn't have said that, and I shouldn't have used that word, and oh, I could have done it so much better. And I would feel most Sundays that I have failed to deliver what God wants. And then I have this sense of divine responsibility for you because Jesus is the good shepherd, and it's my job to help you as sheep to follow him faithfully. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm really doing that good a job or it's just not really working. And so I try really hard to help people. I I contact them, I ring them, I chase them, I I go after them because I want them to have the life that God wants them to have. I want them to have everything that God has for them. And then they walk away from God and it completely and totally wrecks me on the inside and makes me feel like I failed. And then there's the times where the church actually fails to deliver. We actually do a rubbish job. And you're like, man, the church has done this and they hurt my feelings. And you know what? You're probably right because the church is not perfect. It's got me running it for starters. And we get it wrong sometimes and it grieves me because we've let someone down and someone got hurt by us. And all this kind of stuff causes me to live with a constant level of discouragement in my life. And why am I telling you all of this? I'm telling you all of this because I want you to know we all live there at some point. Every single one of us face this. Every single one of us is trying so hard in some areas of our life and not seeing any progress, be that in your marriage, be that in your finances, be that in your career, be that around your kids. And we're not seeing much progress 
And so now that I've completely discouraged you and made you feel like rubbish this morning, how do we find, what do we do when we find ourselves in this consistent discouragement? What do we do to get us out of it? I'm glad you asked because Haggai has the answer. Here's the people that they're building a temple and it's just not going well and it's never going to be as good as Solomon's temple but they're trying to do the best that they can and the best just isn't good enough. And then God comes along through Haggai and and gives them the most loving and the most simple instructions and I think it's one of the most beautiful things about this little book is just how simple and loving God's instructions are. So what do we do when we get discouraged? You all want to know? Three people want to know. Anybody else? Awesome. Haggai 2.4 says this. And this is Haggai talking to the people. He says, but now be strong. Everyone say be strong. Zerubbabel declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua the high priest. Be strong, all the people of the land, declares the Lord. And work. Everyone say and work. For I am with you declares the Lord. So what do you do when you feel discouraged and you want to give up and you just don't know what to do? Be strong and work. That's God's instructions. Be strong and work. Here's the great news about being strong. He's not saying that you need to be strong in yourself. He's saying be strong. How many people know that the Bible says this, that that his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. When we are at our lowest is where God's strength comes on our behalf. We don't have to be strong in our own strength. We can be strong in his strength. And we've got supernatural strength dwelling on the inside of us because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and abides inside of those who believe. And so when you are strong, you don't have to be strong because he's strong on your behalf. Are you with me? You don't have to do it in your own strength. You do it in his strength. The strength that comes is not of your own, but it's of God. Be strong in what he has. When you, when you can't do it anymore and you're about to give up, guess what? You're in the best state. You're the perfect candidate for God's strength to be strong in you. His strength is made perfect and our weaknesses. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say talk the talk. He said do the work. He didn't say, dream the dream. Have yourself a vision retreat. Get yourself, I'm not, I don't mean to mock you when I say this if you've got one of these. Get yourself a vision board. <laughs> and cut and paste out of a magazine and put your vision board up there. Now that's really cool if you have a vision board, but that board ain't going to make the vision happen. It's time to get to Work. What do you do when you're discouraged? You be strong in his power and you do the work. You get bound to work. You just put another stone down. Well, it doesn't look like the temple. It doesn't look much. Yeah, just put another brick in. Just put another stone in. Just put another thing down. But, but it doesn't seem to make much of a difference. That one brick, just, it just doesn't seem to make much of a difference. Hold on. Be strong. Put down another stone. But it's not working. Here's the thing. Constantly do the last thing that God told you to do consistently choose the what the hard right over the easy wrong consistently do the work put down another stone consistently do the hard things don't do the easy things do the things that are hard 
get in there, knuckle down, work. It would be easy to say that there's not a lot of progress, but God says, hey, 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 be strong, show back up, be strong, keep doing this. Why? Because successful people do consistently what normal people only do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what normal people only do occasionally. And if there's one thing I've learned in the journey that I'm, I'm, that I'm having with, with Trinity's sister Courtney as a personal trainer with me, is that boring is good. I think the reason why we don't do consistently the things that we should do is because we get bored with it. But I've learned that having two eggs and 150 grams of egg whites every single morning for breakfast to get the protein kicking in as soon as you get up in the morning, helps your metabolism kick into gear, helps your muscles, and, and so it helps. It, is it boring? Yeah. But successful people do consistently what normal people only do occasionally. Are you hearing me this morning? When you want to give up, what do you do? Be strong and do the work. You be strong and you keep praying even when you don't see the results. You be strong and you keep up opening up God's word and seek him daily even though you don't see results. You be strong and continue to do the right thing even when you're not getting anywhere. You be strong and continue to love when other people are not loving in return. You be strong and show honor even when the other person is not acting honorable. You be strong and continue to reach out to the person even when they're not there and they won't let you in and they won't listen to you. You be strong and continue to love your kids and pray for your kids and stand for your kids even when they don't stand for anything that you believe in. You continue to be strong. Put another stone down. When in constant discouragement, continue to show up and do the work. Don't quit. Every single week, continue to pray. Continue to seek God. Continue to study His Word. Continue to do it stone after stone after stone after stone after stone. Because here we are comparing ourselves, going, well, we're not there. And I wish I was. And I'm discouraged. And I don't have progress. Show back up. Consistently do what other people just do occasionally. Put another stone down. Show back up. Because you know what? Solomon's temple was built because people showed up every day and put stone upon stone upon stone upon stone. Be strong in the Lord and do the work. Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the, what, the proper time we will reap a harvest if we, if we do not give up, if we don't quit, if we keep turning up, if we be strong and we keep turning up. We will reap a harvest if we don't quit. And so God's advice to these people in this time of discouragement was this, be strong and do the work. Why? Why be strong and do the work? Because the next thing is the key. Because I am with you. Be strong and do the work because I'm with you. Be strong and do the work because I am with you. Because the key to all of this is not that you do it on your own, it's that you do it with him.
It's that you do it with him. There's no point being strong in doing the work if he's not with you. Come on. We're strong and we do the work because he's with us. And there's this really interesting thing that happens as you read a little bit later on into chapter 2, and this is the thing that I'm so excited to share with you this morning. If you read through the next six or so verses of chapter 2, God says something that completely and totally blows their mind when they're in the middle of the situation where they feel like they're failing because their temple is completely rubbish compared to what Solomon's temple looked like. And God says this to them, he says that the glory of the present temple will be greater than the former temple. Hold on a second. The, The glory of this present rubbish temple we're building is going to be greater than the glory of the former temple which had people traveling all over the world just to see it? No, 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 no. Have you not seen what we've built so far compared to what Solomon's done? It's not going to be anywhere near like Solomon's temple. And in fact, historians say that Zerubbabel's temple wasn't even close to Solomon's temple. Like, it didn't even come close. It's like a shanty shack. It's not even near as good as Solomon's temple. How can the glory of the present temple be greater than the glory of the former temple when it's nowhere near close? Why? Because in the Old Testament, what happens a lot is that in the physical, there is often a picture of what happens in the spiritual in the New Testament. It's what they call a foreshadow. In other words, God shows something physical that he's going to do spiritual later on. God shows, God shows naturally what he's going to do supernaturally. And so he says to them that the glory of this present temple will be greater than the glory of the former temple. And how, how could he say that? Because God knew that he was going to do something really, really different that they could never, ever imagine. And this is what he did. You see, in the Old Testament, people had to go to the temple and make a sacrifice in hopes of being right with God. But in the New Testament, as Christ followers, you are actually the temple of the Holy Spirit, and your body is the house where God dwells. You see, in the Old Testament, they would go to the temple in hopes of being made right with God. In the New Testament, we are the temple, and he dwells on the inside of us. Everybody thought that you had to go to the temple to experience God, but now God says, if you were a follower of my son Jesus, I actually dwell within you. And here's the key thing in all of this. In the Old Testament, you had to go to the temple and you made a sacrifice in hopes of being right with God. In the New Testament, God comes to you and He makes the sacrifice so that you can be right with Him and then the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you. Why? Because Jesus is the greater glory. 
the latter temple will have more glory than the former temple because Jesus is the glory of the temple. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit and you are of greater glory than anything Solomon could ever build. If we don't give up, if we don't quit, if we be strong and do the work because Christ is with me and not only is he with me, but he's in me and I carry the spirit of the Most High God, and then, friend, your temple, no matter how bad you think it is, the glory of your temple is greater than any former glory. And so when we're discouraged, we can be strong, not in our own strength, but in His strength. And that we can do the work. Why? Because we know He is with us. We are not alone. You don't have to be strong and do your own work because He came and did the work on the cross for you so that you could be strong in Him. Come on. He is in you. The temple of the Holy Spirit, Jesus dwells within. The glory of this temple will be greater than the glory of the former temple because Jesus is the greater glory that dwells within you. And every time you put down a stone in his name, you are glorifying him. When you serve someone, he's been glorified. When you love someone, he's been glorified. When you forgive someone, he's been glorified. When you lift up his name, he's been glorified. When we should be discouraged, but we don't need to be because we're not alone. You don't have to go to a temple to make a sacrifice in hopes of finding God because he came to us and gave us his son so that we may be right with him. Maddie, can you come and jump on the keys, please? Therefore, Jesus dwells within all of those who believe, and he is the greater glory. And that's why you never have to be discouraged, because you're not alone, because not only is he with you, but he is in you. Be strong and do the work, because I am with you. He who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to completion. Let us not become weary in doing good, because we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If you are discouraged today, if you are just frustrated today, remember, God came to you. You didn't have to go to him. He came to you. He made a sacrifice so that you could be right with him. And not only is he with you, but he is in you. And therefore, we can do whatever it is that he calls us to do. If we be strong, do the work, because he's with us. Be strong, do the work, because he's with us. Be strong, do the work, because he's with us. Last week it was go up the mountain, bring down the timber, build the house. This week he's saying, be strong, do the work, because he is with you. Be strong, do the work, because it's up and it's hard. Be strong, do the work, because he is with you, because he is with you, because he is with you. And he says this, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Be strong, do the work, because he's with you. Why don't you all close your eyes? just for a moment. I don't, I don't know where everybody here is at, but 
I can only assume for all of us that there has definitely been moments of discouragement in the last 18 months to two years that we've experienced. Maybe you started off trying things and you just, just wasn't working out or maybe you started off really, really well but it just became really, really hard. I know that I did that in the first eight weeks of being in lockdown. I stuck to my exercise routine, my eating plan and then after about eight weeks I was like, what's the point? I'm never going to get out of this. And so then I just ate whatever I wanted. We all go through discouragement. But he's saying, hey, hey, be strong. But not that you have to be strong. I'll be strong through you. Do the work because I'm with you. I'm with you. You're not in this alone. And if you're discouraged today and you're like, man, I I don't want to live in discouragement. I want to. I want to experience his strength. I want to do the work. I'm going to choose the hard thing over the easy thing. I'm going to do consistently what successful people do so that I can be successful also. I'm going to, be cons- I'm going to do it stone after stone, stone after stone, brick after brick. I'm just going to build my life, build the temple, build it back bigger, stronger, and better because the glory of Jesus in you is greater to anything else that could ever be built. If you're here today and you're like, man, would you pray for me that that discouragement would lift off my life and that as I take these steps, as I'm strong, as I do the work, because God is with me, that I'll experience an overwhelming sense of His presence and power and strength in my life.